2: Good evening. This is Emilio D'Anello. Welcome to Cottage Talk full time. I'm here outside Craven Cottage having watched Fulham thrash our local neighbours in London Millwall by four goals to nil and it could have been a lot more. Um, Here with me today is our co-host Craig Coburn who's here for your first home game of the season. What a game to watch Craig. Welcome back. Thank you Emilio. It's great to be back. How was your summer?
1: My summer was fantastic and it's been topped off by a superb <laughs>
2: Fulham performance today. Well, where do we start? Obviously Millwall uh, came, came here to the college today having well, four games on meet and run over three games in the league and the, in the League Cup and what did you see today? We, obviously they felt the full force of Fulham today after that thrashing so tell me what you saw today.
1: Well the score was 4-0 for Fulham but frankly speaking, the scoreline flattered Millwall. It wasn't that close. Um, we <laughs> finished the game with 85% possession. Incredible. We had over 1,000 passes completed, whereas Millwall had less than 200 passes completed. It was probably the most dominant or
2: one-sided match I've seen at the Cottage in I don't know how long. Mm, absolutely. I and mean, again, a lot of well-taken goals today and we can go through those in a moment but tell me what you saw in the first half because normally the first three games of this season we've been slow off the mark you know you know first 20 20 30 minutes other teams have dominated us but today we came out with a lot more intensity a lot more purpose and really had only one objective to actually attack and try to take the game at Millwall and what did you see in the first 20 minutes there
1: well in the first 20 minutes Millwall set up in a, in a low block and they were trying to stay very compact but once we opened them up in the 15th minute Really with a with a vertical pass mm. from from Mitrovic to Kearney and and he assisted Cavalero with a great finish by Cavalero after that it was just it was just going to go one way yeah. so I think that because Millwall wasn't able to impose itself physically into the match Fulham's clear superiority and quality mm. prevailed and and they they were never close to us.
2: Mm mean look at that Cavalero goal, again a, a replica of his goal at Huddersfield the other night.
1: Yeah, what they seem to... What Forms seem to have done is with the front three, they were 4-3-3, three, three, and... I think Knockart started on the left with Cavalero on the right, mm-hmm. and Cavalero's right-footed. Knockart's on the left is left-footed. But then they switched sides after about I, I don't know four or and five. And they came minutes. in to
2: change it, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: so they come inside, mm-hmm. and, and Cavalero likes to do that, and he's, he he scored a
2: beautiful a beautiful curler yet again. And uh, again, second goal. What did you see there for the second goal for Fulham? And again, uh, the, the the, movement. The lead up to that goal was you know it imme- was yeah.
1: again and, and the movement of the front three, beautiful. especially Cavalero assisting mm-hmm. Knockart. I, our front three of Mitrovic, Knockart hmm. and Cavalero is premiership quality and I think teams of the, at the level of Millwall are going to struggle
2: to contain them. And that first half again, we, we, you know, we went out with some purpose, we dominated, we scored those two goals and to be honest, went at that half-time extremely confident. There's a couple of um, negatives as far as I was concerned, you know, obviously I don't want to reflect on those, but Mitrovic's yellow card was a little bit unnecessary and the Knockart giving it all to the referee when he didn't, get, didn't win the ball. Oh, we didn't get the decision for him. That, that was disappointing. We saw the the te- temperamental side of Knockout there, like picking up an unnecessary yellow card.
1: Yeah, I mean, what struck me in the first half as well was the way that Millwall came out. They didn't play former did. Fulham striker Matt Smith, who had that two was a, goals That was so a far surprise
2: far the, for me. I would have put season. him on.
1: Yep. Matt Smith is always a handful. He's six foot six. He's good in the air, and with the crosses, he could be mm-hmm. quite a handful. Instead, the, the only way they seemed to be trying to score was through. Uh, dead ball situations and mm. sending Jay Cooper the defender <laughs> the, who's mm. 6 foot 7 up to to crash into Bettinelli and anybody else who's mm. in his way um, but they seem to have nothing they set up in a 4, four one one with the Bradshaw um, number 8 playing That's off right, whoever it was number 9 I can't remember what the guy's name and it just wasn't working the, the battle that I was watching was watching Arter mm. our, our, our number 6 against um, their number 8 Bradshaw and seeing how that was but Bradshaw was never close to no, her, he wasn't, and Order right. was able to set the pace for the for the Fulham uh, for the full midfield.
2: And again, our defence weren't trouble at all in that first half. I thought I thought Ream was doing the simple things very very well. We would certainly look a lot more secure with Ream in that in that back four.
1: Yeah, look, uh, Ream yeah. and Mawson never seemed to be mm. under any pressure throughout the whole game. We they they were stroking the ball with a lot of ease. Again, they just weren't close. They tried a couple times to press us, Mm -hmm. not very successfully, and and only half-heartedly. I I don't think Millwall's really a team that can
2: press. What they do
1: is they sit back soak up pressure and try to put crosses into the box but they just couldn't get close to us today
2: absolutely so we go into that second half again Matt Smith came on uh, not, not surprisingly gave us a few problems the first 10-15 minutes you know it was very predictable but that's what that was their sort of their best moments of the game that 10 minutes straight yeah, up yeah they, they
1: changed the formation a little bit because they moved number nine back into it's still 4-4-1-1 mm. but they moved number nine back to play off of Matt Smith and they moved number eight Bradshaw back into the into the flat-four midfield, and I think that probably suited them a little bit better. Mm. So They got off to a slightly better start in the second half, but... Once you score the third goal, which was a bit of a scrappy goal. I mean, it was a penalty, but mm. it was off of, a, of a, you know, Mitrovic was taken down by the goalkeeper after a deflected shot. Yeah. Yeah.
2: From what I, I saw there, though, I, I thought Mitrovic earned that penalty. I, thought, I think if I recall, it, it was a Harry, obviously, to, for those listeners, none of us have actually seen the replay. So we're just just accounting for what we saw half an hour, 40 minutes ago. But from what I saw, it was Harry Arter took a shot and goal. It def- came off one of the defenders. Yeah. And then Mitrovic went for that loose ball. The goalkeeper then took him down, and yep. the rest is history. But I give credit well, the, to Mitrovic oh, while actually Cavalera Cavalera, yes. for actually chasing it. It
1: was Cavalier sort of rampaging through. That's right. And again, that just shows the difference in quality that... You know, in the premiership, Cavalier would mm, never be able no, to he's... rampage through uh, another team like that, whereas here against Millwall, mm. he was able to do so. Once the third goal went in, it really yeah, was, okay, it was. It was literally game over.
2: You know, we, sort of, we scored at the time when Millwall, not want to say him they had their best phase of the game. And, you know, at the end of the day, Mitrovic took it with confidence, that penalty. He blasted it in the back of the net yep. rather than placing it. So that was a confident finish. And, and the fourth goal, Kearney mm. had, had a lot of space to look up
1: and put the, and in ball. into to Cavalero, who had a great Mm -hmm. first touch, great control, Mm -hmm. and great finish. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there isn't much to say other than, you know, Fulham dominated (laughs) throughout. Millwall just could not ever get a hold of the ball Maintain possession of the ball. Their whole game is all about getting into the wing and crossing it into their mm. guys into the box. They never were able to do that mm. this game.
2: And I think that that ball from Kenny again is a sublime. But at the same time, Caballero still had a lot to do. He had to control it. He, he rounded the the defense and the keeper and slotted it in the back of the net. No, it was, it
1: was a sup- know, so. it was a superb control and finish. Mm. You know, Cavalero, I think, I mean, in Hammersmith End, people were singing the song <laughs> It's Magic to, by mm. the Scottish group Pilot, but they were singing it to Ivan Cavalero. It was it was really a dominant performance. He had two goals, one assist, and arguably he set up the
2: the the, the Mitrovic penalty. Absolutely, and the state obviously as we were walking to do this re- recording, you told me that Fulham had over 1,100 passes to Millwall, who had uh, 100- over a thousand
1: passes, incredible, yeah, almost 1,100 <laughs> passes, and Millwall had 190 passes. I mean, I've just never seen Such statistics domino, no. so one-sided as I've seen mm. in this game. This has been, I mean, we've seen more lopsided mm. um, score lines. But I've never seen
2: such a lopsided uh, performance. You know, and the one like this one that springs to mind was maybe in our promotion season when we thrashed. Was it Burton Albion six 0 That was a, equally a very dominant performance. The stats can't be that far away from this. And yes, like,
1: that's true. That was
2: a, that was on our start of our our journey, our 23 game unbeaten run. Yeah that
1: that, yeah, that 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 that's true. You would have expected Millwall to put a bit of a, more of a fight mm. than, than Albion. I have to say I was disappointed in Millwall because they're very they're generally very well organized mm. they're very physical and they're usually quite tough to break down but once that first goal went in and
2: after 15 minutes they they really never seemed mm. to to be able to stay in the game and they did try to disrupt especially in the first half with you know you know foul after foul clumsy fouls very physical Hopefully we have we've come been skate but I suspect we may have picked up a knock or two because there were a lot of dirty, nasty yeah. fouls there. Which the referee—I thought the referee had a very poor game. I don't know what your thoughts of the referee because he seemed, to, despite the fact that we won four-nil, I don't think we get, got many decisions in our favour. Yeah, no, they, it was a pretty physical game, mm. and that, that's, that's Latin for kicking lumps
1: out of us. <laughs> and but you know, it is tough to officiate a, a match where you have a team that, that, that whose specific strategy is is physicality. I don't think they were especially dirty, mm. to be honest. But um, the key was is that they weren't able to physically impose themselves on. So we do have pretty mm. some pretty mm. tough physical players on our team, as well as the, the high level of skill. I mean, people like Mitrovic and Stefan mm. Hansen are perfectly prepared to mix it up with anybody. Absolutely.
2: So then obviously we've talked... Let's go back and look at some of the performances on the pitch tonight. So obviously we've talked about Mawson and Ream looking very composed and comfortable in defence. What about Stephen Seston? What did you see in him? I saw... Probably a, in the twin brother of Ryan Cessignon, with who's probably technically a lot stronger. That's my, that's the vision I had. He's just more confident on the ball, good movement. Didn't really put a foot wrong tonight. No, Stephen
1: Cessignon was brilliant. He, he, he's, a, he's a better defender than his mm. twin brother. And what was interesting was that he was able to roam up the pitch. He was mm. able to roam across the pitch. He's clearly been given a license to move around, even right. as a right back, which I think is highly unusual.
2: Absolutely. I think, you know, for me, who, would, who was your man of the match? It has know? to be Cavalera. Yeah.
1: He, he dominated the
2: match. And mm-hmm. I think that if our front
1: three can play like this, I think most championship defenses will struggle against us.
2: And so if we take off, you've got Nottingham Forest at home on Saturday. Another great opportunity to to, to, to move on, kick on and pick up another three points. Should we get carried away? Or just take each game as it comes, and just all we can do is beat our opposition and just take it on to the next we game. We should never
1: get carried away, but I I do think the expectations are pretty high this season. I, I, you know, the expectations are that we should make at minimum the playoffs and compete for an automatic promotion spot. And after losing the opening match, we've won three straight, mm-hmm. and there's no reason why we shouldn't we shouldn't be able to do that. It's obviously going to depend on injuries mm-hmm. and luck and everything else. This is a tough. Tough, Mm. tough division, but we have, on paper, one of the best squads. Now you look at what's happening at Stoke City,
2: Mm.
1: who on paper have one of the best squads, and they've gotten off to a dreadful start. start. Uh, Their manager is under tremendous amounts of pressure, may not be there for all that much longer. So
2: Mm. you can never take anything for granted in the championship. Exactly. Exactly. I just felt tonight, you know, whilst we're cruising, we were able to make some, you know, some tactical substitution. Yet, you know, you brought Robbie Reed on. You know, you're yeah. taking the off. You've got so many options on the bench, but the key is, is injuries in defence. I think if we can keep Mawson injury-free this year, he's he's got the makings. Of, I keep saying this, of being a a true leader from the back. I saw him dictating the, the, the play, you know, giving some guidance and coaching to some to Steven Sessegnon throughout the game. I saw, that was something. I think the young boy can learn from because in Morton, if he yeah. stays injury free, I think it's crucial to our success. I this mean, season. my
1: my biggest worry is that we don't seem to have a lot of mm. depth, especially in the in the centre half, the the centre mm. central defender area. Um, so you know, if Reem and or Mawston get injured, mm. um, you know we have to look at Denis Odois but who is kind of you know who's short, who's not that physical, mm. he's very skilled. Uh, but um, you know we we are a bit short-handed there or or Maxime Le Marchand and, <laughs> and, and who is error-prone
2: mm-hmm. as we all know again you know look, at Dennis Adore, I know he's injured at the moment where's Where's Dennis going to fit into this into this squad? You know, at the end of the day, he's got to earn his place. But I can't see where Dennis is going to fit into this unless there's an injury in our central defensive partnership. There.
1: Well, one of the good things about Odois is that he is so versatile and he can mm. play right back, he can play left back, he can play central defender, and he's he's very good on the ball. And he and for a short guy, he jumps very you know incredibly high. So I'm sh- there is a spot for him once he comes back from injury. Mm. But my overall worry is. Is we don't have mm. that much depth um, mm. uh, in the back, and I will also say that Bettinelli mm. hasn't really convinced me mm. even I'm today. G- I'm Glad you
2: mentioned that he yeah.
1: he he messed around with the ball and mm. almost, almost uh, unnecessarily. Uh, I I have his performances aren't at the level that they were mm.
2: two seasons ago. Yeah, and I know you know people may say I keep picking on him, but I I have raised concerns preseason about you know ability you know is is good enough to be playing week in week out there was a moment in the first half when he he didn't claim the ball successfully he came he came out of his, yeah. his of his six yard box trying to punch the ball missed it completely and got away with it and like you said in the second half he was just maybe a bit of, playing a little bit too over cautiously to be honest. and then when, one day we will get caught out from that
1: yeah over confidently mm. and, and even in the first half he was just playing a... around with the ball and at one point he he gave it away because mm. he had a rush to 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 kick it out um Look, but he 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 showed his true colors mm. two two seasons ago. He had a fantastic mm. run in in a lot of high pressure games, and so I just think um, uh, we'll have to see if he can recover some of that form from the 2017-2018 season.
2: Maybe we have to just give him some time to recover from his injuries. Obviously, he had a, 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 an injury that he's maybe taking time to recover from. So, given the benefit of the doubt, but I need to start seeing him showing a lot more dominance yeah. in in that in that six yard box. I just worry at times. Yeah,
1: but, um, no, I agree. But, I mean, overall, this has been uh, you know, a confident, commanding mm, performance from Fulham. We can't let it get to our heads. Yeah. Uh, I think the opposition were poor. Yes, I um, agree. And I cannot believe that mm. Millwall were on seven <laughs> points after three <laughs> matches based yeah. on the performance that we saw today. I do think they probably had the wrong lineup um, mm, that's that's coming point. out. point. And but once we scored the first goal this was only going to go one, one way, way and it really was a one sided
2: absolutely alright then Craig well thanks very much any final thoughts other than what you just summarised I'm looking forward okay. to Saturday ok lovely well thanks very much Craig great to have you back great to ha- glad you've had a nice summer holiday thank you the, really. ne- the next 8-9 months are going to be uh, a challenge but let's, let's take it game by game and you know, if we continue to play regularly like this then I can't see many teams stopping us no me neither all right, thank you very much, Craig. So from me, Emilio D'Anello, and from Craig Cobin here outside Craven Cottage, thank you for listening to Cottage Talk full-time.
0: It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms supply, see McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/trip for free shipping and three hundred sixty-five day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans.